Welcome to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Danielle Bloom, and today we'll be studying Parsha's Truma. I would like to overview the Parsha and then answer two questions. Number one, what is the point of the Mishkan? Does Hashem need a house? Melo kalaaretz kivodo, the whole earth is filled with his glory. And question number two, how can we understand the words of the Nevi'im, the prophets, who tell us that Hashem does not want our karbanos? Lama li how can that be when numerous passages in the Torah command us to bring carbonos? First, the overview. We now begin the longest section in our Sefer. With the exception of the story of the Chida Egel, the golden calf, the topic of the Mishkan will take us from here in Parat Chafhei to the end of the Sefer. The Mishkan is a portable edifice that the people are commanded to build as a place for physical worship of God. The parsha begins by asking the people to voluntarily donate 13 different items to the Mishkan building project. We are then told about the Aron, which houses the Luchos and becomes a symbol of the Torah. It would be covered with the Kapores, a covering made of pure gold, upon which would sit two Kruvim, and from between them, the Torah tells us, God would communicate with us. It is there that I will meet with you and speak to you. We will also construct a shulchan, which would hold 12 lechem hapanim, showbread that was baked on Friday and placed on the shulchan on Chavez. At that time, the kohanim would remove the previous week's bread and divide the loaves among themselves. The shulchan is a symbol of economic prosperity. The next item is the menorah, made of seven branches and hammered out of pure gold, symbolizing wisdom and learning. In Parat Chavav, chapter 26, we learn that the mishkan roof was to be made out of three covers, two made of fabric and one of animal hide. And we learn of the three walls made of 48 wooden boards covered in gold. And also the parochas, the partition curtain, which divided between the two main sections of the Mishkan, the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. Perek of Zion teaches us about the copper Mizbeach, the Mizbeach and Choshes, upon which the Korbanos would be brought, and all of the tools necessary to work there, the shovels, the forks, the fire pans, would all be constructed of copper. Finally, we learn how they would construct the courtyard of the Mishkan, the Chatzer, where this Mizbeach and Choshes would be located. Now to our question, what's the purpose of the Mishkan? If Hashem is everywhere, why restrict Him to one place? Today, I would like to present the approach of Ramban on this issue, Nachmanides. He explains that Shmos is the book of Galus and Geula. After our experience at Harsinai with Revelation, God allows us to construct a physical place where his presence will rest. And at that point, the people are considered geulim, redeemed from the Galus of Egypt. The Mishkan becomes the climax of the entire Chumash. For Ramban, the story of the Egel is barely relevant to the theme of the book. Moshe goes up on Harsinai, and in the first 40 days, he receives the partios of Truma and Tetzaveh, the commands to build the Mishkan. In this view, the Mishkan is the ideal state. I'd like to share with you a few sentences that the Ramban writes in our parsha. Parachav hey, Pasuk Aleph. Ramban says, Hineheim kedoshim, after we accept to become God's mamlechas koanim v'gai kadosh, re'uyim bahem mikdash lahashrosh shechina so We are worthy now of having this place where God can rest shechina among us. And that's why this is the very first command after Sinai. 
that we will now have a home inside of ourselves, inside of our encampment that is sanctified for God's name. And there God will speak with Moshe and command the Jewish people. Ramban says, the central location, the center, the heart of the Mishkan is the Aron. That is where the Shechina will emanate from. As the Pasuk says, God says, I will speak to you there from between the Kruvim that sit on top of the covering of the Aron. That's why the Aron is the very first vessel that the Torah teaches us about. Because it is Mukdam Bemala, it is the most holy of all vessels of the Mishkan. The Sod Hamishkanhu, the Rabban says, the very secret at the heart of the whole Mishkan experience is Shayyihiyah Hakavod Ashar Shachan Al Harsinai, Shochina Lav Binistar. Rabban tells us, that the Mishkan is a movable Harsinai. Just as God's presence rested on Sinai, God's presence will rest on the Mishkan. Ramban mentions numerous parallels between the Mishkan and Harsinai. Some of them include the cloud resting on them both, God communicating in both locations, the boundaries around them are the same, and transgressing those boundaries had the same punishment. The Mishkan for Ramban is a vehicle to perpetuate the experience of Harsinai. And Sefer Shmos focuses specifically on the Mishkan, even though Moshe also got some other mitzvos during those first 40 days, because it reflects this incredible level of spirituality and holiness that Bnei Israel achieved after Harsinai. But Ramban has made it very clear, the prerequisite for Mishkan is Matan Torah, and that's why the Aron is the very first thing we learn about. It's where the Mishkan begins, which means this house of God can only exist so long as it represents Hashem and what He stands for. This physical place only has legitimacy if it's a symbol of the right messages. Harsinai gave us a spiritual standing that enabled the Jewish people to have God rest among us it made us worthy of encountering Hashem on a regular basis. But only so long as our communion with Him inspired us to keep the mitzvahs of the Torah and made us better people. It's only going to work if our experience with the Mishkan enables us to stay true to our mission of being a nation representing God. This is not a talisman with magical properties. This is the location where Hashem meets us because this place is the fountainhead of the Torah. Otherwise, it all means nothing. All of the Kedusha and the Mishkan is because of the Torah, and we, the Jewish people, lost sight of this. Now we can begin to understand why in so many verses the prophets, the Nevi'im, tell us that God does not want our karbanos. You read these psukim and they sound shocking. How can Hashem proclaim in Yeshayahu, Lama li rov zivchechem yomar Hashem? Or in Sefer Shmuel, Does God desire your karbanos, your offerings? God says, no, I don't want them. How can the Nevi'im rail against karbanos? There are four parashios devoted to the Mishkan. There are many more sections devoted to karbanos. We have a mitzvah of Aliyah Laregel. You Hashem told us to come here. 
in the end, it's the temple that caused the people to leave God. Because we missed the whole point. When the Torah is missing, the Mishkan is empty of purpose. And the Karbanos become no different from pagan worship. In pagan worship, the humans are paying off the gods to do the will of man. The point of the Mishkan is for humans to visit a place that reminds us of how we need to fulfill the will of God as soon as we confuse one with the other. Hashem took it away from us. The Nevi'im tell us Hashem wants us to visit Him to remind us to take care of the Ger, the Asom, the Almana, the convert, and the orphan, and the widow. It's supposed to foster Hakar Satov in us. When we bring Masar, when we bring Bikurim, we're supposed to be people who embody gratitude. But if people are using the service to make themselves feel better, and then go ahead and abuse vulnerable people, and steal from each other, and speak badly about each other, well, that's counter to everything the Mishkan stands for. And that's why Hashem asks us not to trespass on His courtyard. Although sadly today, we no longer have a Mikdash, we can still connect with Hashem through learning, teaching, living, and internalizing His Holy Torah. Today, we can still meet with God. Recently, someone asked me, how can I hear the voice of God in my life? I answered her, learn Torah. Hashem's voice is loud and clear. We just need to hear it. He's still asking us the very same things. Be righteous, people, representing me. Be moral and ethical because I said so. Be good to each other in my name. Build me a mishkan and I will dwell. As Rabbi Sachs writes, the Jewish mystics pointed out the linguistic strangeness of the sentence. It should have said, I will dwell in it, not I will dwell in them. The answer is that the divine presence lives not in a building, but in its builders, not in a physical place, but in the human heart. The sanctuary was not a place in which the objective existence of God was somehow more concentrated than elsewhere. Rather, it was a place whose holiness had the effect of opening hearts to the one worship there. God exists everywhere, but not everywhere do we feel the presence of God in the same way. The essence of the holy is that it is a place where we set aside all human devices and desires and enter a domain wholly set aside for God. If the concept of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, is that God lives in the human heart whenever it opens itself unreservedly to heaven, then its physical location is irrelevant. I'd like to read you two lines that we say in the Ila on Yom Kippur. Ha'ir ha'kodesh v'hamechozos hayu l'charpa olivizos. The holy city and its suburbs have become a disgrace and been looted. V'chol machamadeha tivuos uginuzos. And all her treasures have been buried and hidden. V'ein shior ha'katora hazos. And there is nothing left but this Torah. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative.